there are three marks of the truly godly person that are immediately evident from this story. And let me just draw these to your attention so that we may measure ourselves by them and so that we may call to mind that these are the very things that Jesus Christ holds in his hand and offers them to us as we stand in need of them. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick, and Colin, if we're going to measure ourselves against three things, we need to know what they are. (laughs) Well, we're in the story of David, and what God does for David that made him so very, very different from Saul is that God gave to him a new heart, and of course, that's the promise for us in the gospel. He gave him a new power. The Holy Spirit rushed upon David. Isn't it a marvelous thing that as well as the new heart, God gives to us the gift of his Holy Spirit? Here's the remarkable thing. When David has the new heart and the new power, What lies ahead of him is a whole new struggle. All this trouble uh, where Saul comes hunting him. And uh, don't be surprised when you become a Christian and you get serious about following Christ. You've got a new heart. You've got the Holy Spirit within you. What may lie ahead of you is God may bring you into a great struggle, a great difficulty. That's not a sign that something is wrong. It's actually the path of discipleship. If anyone would come after me, Jesus says, let them take up their cross and follow me. David knew what that was like in the Old Testament, and we're going to know what it's like today in our following after Jesus as well. What I love about this, Colin, is God gives these things to the believer. So, to continue, we're in the first book of Samuel, chapter 16, continuing the message, A King Provided by God. Here's Pastor Colin. Now, I want you to notice what made David such an outstanding servant of the Lord, what distinguished him from his brothers, what made him different, what makes him completely different from Saul. What makes him more than a religious man? What makes him a regenerated man with a different track and with a different destiny forever? And it's very clear that there are three marks of the truly godly person that are immediately evident from this story. And let me just draw these to your attention so that we may measure ourselves by them. And so that we may call to mind that these are the very things that Jesus Christ holds in his hand and offers them to us as we stand in need of them. Here's the first, the profile of the person that God uses, which boils down to this, a new heart. If you turn back just a page in the Bible to get the context here, chapter 13 and verse 14, the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. That's, of course, a direct reference to David, who is identified then in chapter 16. A new heart, that's what makes him different. A heart for God, a a heart after God, a heart that reflects God, a heart that reaches out to God, that is in relationship to God. Where did David get that heart? He sure wasn't born with it. David was born with the same heart as all of his brothers. You remember he says in in Psalm 51, that familiar psalm, I was shaped in iniquity. I was conceived. I I was born in sin. I was born with a sinful heart, he says, just like everybody else. So how does he get a heart after God? There's only one possible answer. God gave it to him. God gave it to him. 
And that is why, do you notice very significantly, chapter 16 and verse 1, God says, I have provided a king for myself. So God is seeking one who has a heart after himself. But what he is seeking, he himself has to provide. Chapter 16 and verse 1, I have provided this king uh, for myself, the king who has a heart after me. The gift of the new heart is a gift that God gave to David. And this is at the very heart of God's new covenant promise to us. Do you remember what that is? Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26, what does God say? I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. Here's the heart that Christ seeks. But here's the wonderful thing, folks. This is the heart that Christ gives. And when God looked for a new heart, he found it because he gave it. That's the thing to grasp. It wasn't just there. When God looked for the new heart, I I looked for a man after my own heart. When God looked for the new heart, he found it because he gave it. That's why it says, I provided for myself this king. Now, I want you to notice this because it's very wonderful that God gave this new heart to David early in life. And I want to encourage those who are youngest in the service here today. God can begin a work of grace in your heart early in your life. Early. And here's what it looks like. Maybe you used to come to church, used to giggle, used to fidget, and used to say, how long till we can go home? And now you're finding something that's different beginning to happen in you. Finding that you begin to love God. And that you have within your heart, even though you are young, you really want to worship him. You don't understand everything, but you want to know more and you are learning more. What what is happening? God is doing this. He is changing your heart. He's changing you from a Saul to a David. He's giving you a heart for him. He's, here's the big word, regenerating you, which is the same as in the New Testament when it says being born again. He's giving you a new heart. He's putting a new spirit within you. And when God gives you a new heart, whether you be young or whether you be old, you will still sin. You will still fail in many ways. But the whole direction of your life is going to be different because the desire of your heart, the strongest desire of your heart has changed. And because you're coming to love Christ, you you want to please him. And so when you sin, it hurts you because you know that you have grieved the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. You have made the Spirit of God sad. And the law of God is, is written on your heart. And when Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments, you say in your heart, that's what I want to do. That's the kind of life I want to live. I don't want to go back to the person I used to be. This is a new heart. And it's a miracle of God's grace that he's working within you. It's the most wonderful thing. And this is exactly what happened for David long, long before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ into the world. And I tell you, there is absolutely nothing of that in Saul. Saul follows the word of God when it suits him. And when it's going to be costly, he goes his own way, as we saw last time. 
Here's the difference, and it's absolutely huge. Saul is a religious man who tries to use God for his own ends. David is a regenerated man who loves God from a new and a redeemed heart. And there is all the difference in the world, and the good news of the gospel is that God can turn a Saul, if you recognize the Saul in you, God can turn a Saul into a David. He can give you a new heart. He can give you new desires. He can give you new affections. So you're, you're not trying to somehow be what you're not. Because you have a new heart, you're beginning to live as a Christian, and you're becoming who you really are. All the difference in the world. And you can come to Jesus Christ even today, and you can say, now take away this heart of stone, this heart that's always resisting you, that's so dead towards you. And give me a heart of flesh. And begin to move me in the direction of a life that's going to honor you and is going to be about you rather than about myself so endlessly. Here's the profile of the person that God uses. If you thought there were 17 things on the profile, you're wrong. There's only one. A new heart. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and a message called A King Provided by God. We're going to come back to the message in a moment. But if you ever miss any of our messages or want to go back and listen again, you can always do that by going to our website, openthebible.org.uk. There you can download for free or stream any of the previous messages. Open the Bible is supported by our listeners, and we want to thank you. If you'd like to set up a regular donation to Open the Bible of £5 per month or more, we would love to send you a copy of a book, You Can Trust God With Your Story, Embracing the Mysteries of Providence. And Colin, I know this was written by your longtime friends, Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth and Robert Walgamuth. Yes, indeed. Uh, Nancy had long been a friend of Karen and myself as her, her husband, uh, Robert. And I'm absolutely delighted to be able to offer this book that they've collaborated on together. Nancy is a wonderful and insightful Bible teacher. And Robert is a wonderful writer as well. And in this collaboration, they've brought together a collection of stories from the Bible and also a collection of stories from Christian experience. And what these two together do is they draw out how God works in the lives of his children, especially in things we don't understand. It's a wonderfully helpful book for anyone who's saying, what is God doing in my life? What is God doing in the world? It deals with God's providence, and it reminds us that God is the one who writes the story of his children's lives. Find out more, including how to give online, by going to openthebible.org.uk. Now let's get back to the message. Here's Pastor Colin. Here's the second thing. The equipping of the person that God uses. And here we're looking at a new power. You notice the last verse that was read, verse 13. After Saul pours this oil over the head of David, we read these words, and the Spirit of the Lord, that is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. Here's the great difference between a David and a Saul. 
Now Saul had been equipped by the Spirit to do certain things at certain times, but because his heart had never been regenerated, the Spirit of God is taken from him. Not so with David. The Spirit rushes upon him from that day forward. Makes you think of Acts 2, doesn't it? The Holy Spirit coming on David like a mighty rushing wind on the day of, of Pentecost. And David, from this day, after he's anointed by Samuel, he has a new power in him that he did not have before. See, here's, here's the mark of a real Christian, a new heart and a new power. Neither of these things were true of Saul, who was merely religious. And it's in the strength of this new power, the presence of the Holy Spirit in this man's life, that he's able, as, as you'll see if you read chapter 17, that he's able to see off a, a lion, and he's able to see off a bear, and uh, more than that, he's able to see off Goliath who was the great tormentor of the people of God. Saul couldn't do that. He was powerless for all his armor in front of the mockery and the defiance that Goliath was strutting towards the people of God. And again, this gift of the Spirit, a new heart and a new power, these these constituencies of what it means to be a true believer. This is the new promise, the new covenant, isn't it? Again, Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26, a new heart I will give you and a new spirit I will put within you. And so are you beginning to see the huge difference between the merely religious person represented to us here in Saul, and the regenerated person who is represented to us here in, in David. Here's the difference. Religious people have no power beyond their own strength. And that is why, candidly, the religious person is always defeated, always talking about how I cannot get over my besetting sin. They do not have a new heart. They do not have a new spirit. They do not know what it is to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Goliath mocks them. And like Saul, they're powerless to do anything about it. There they are. They're trapped by their own wounds year after year after year. And nothing changes. Trapped by their own impulses and unable to do anything to overcome them. But when the Spirit of God comes to David, well, he says, the Lord delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, and he is able to deliver me from the power, the hand of this Philistine. Folks, understand the gospel, because we do not want to drift through life as religious people who never get to regeneration. The gospel is more than good news to be believed. The gospel is power to be deployed. And if you do not grasp that, if you have not experienced that, then you have missed the very heart of what it really means to be a Christian. I am not ashamed of the gospel, says Paul in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Why? Because it is what? The power of God for the salvation, deliverance of everyone who believes. And when God makes you a new creation in Christ, you not only have a new heart, but you also have a new power. This is at the very foundation of the new covenant. 
The Spirit of God lives within you and makes it possible for you to do what God is calling you to do, to forgive that person who has held you bound for so long, to face that temptation and to begin again to do battle against it rather than languishing in this pattern of defeat to face the pressures of life that were overcoming you before and to persevere in the face of this difficulty. You will be able to say when you are in Christ with Paul, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, Paul knew what it was to move from being a religious man, a Pharisee in the school of Gamaliel, which he'd been for years and he knew all about it. And then he comes to Jesus Christ, and what does he get? A new heart and a new spirit, and the whole of his life takes a new direction. There's a new energy. And the evidence of it is that he's able to do things that he would never have been able to do before. The profile of the person God uses, a new heart. The equipping of the person God uses, a new spirit, a new power. And just very briefly, the experience of the person that God uses. And you struggle. The scripture for this, of course, is the rest of 1 Samuel. Hear me clearly, and you'll get this in the rest of the series. Nothing that I have said should be taken to suggest that the Christian life now will be easy. It will not. And we're going to see that as over these next weeks we follow the story. But let me just end by saying this. When God gives you the gift of the new heart and God gives you the gift of this new power by his Holy Spirit, don't expect the road ahead to be an easy one. We're going to find from the story of David and the story of Jesus that the anointing and the Spirit are immediately followed by days of intense struggle and intense, intense difficulty. David is anointed for ministry. The Spirit rushes upon him. And then what happens? He has years in which he is hated by Saul and he is hunted by Saul. And he goes through a thousand agonies before after years. The crown is eventually his. And the pattern of David's life that we're going to see through the rest of 1 Samuel was the pattern of the life of Jesus. Remember, he comes in with purity of heart, born of the virgin, without sin. And the Holy Spirit comes upon him at his baptism, alighting on him as a dove. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. What happens after that? He's thrust out into where? The wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Then he's launched into public ministry with unrelenting opposition and with unrelenting demands that are placed upon him. And then he goes to a cross where he suffers and he dies in agony. No no crown yet until on the third day he rises and ascends and takes his place on the throne of heaven at the right hand of the Father. Listen, the pattern for David was the pattern for Jesus, and the pattern for Jesus will be the pattern for you and the pattern for me.
And the reason Christ gives his people a new heart and he gives us a new spirit is that he's going to give us something else as soon as we come to Jesus Christ. It's a new struggle. It's a new cross. If anyone would come after me, there'll be a new heart, there'll be a new spirit, but understand this, if anyone would come after me, here's why you'll need the new spirit and the new heart, because you're going to have to deny yourself every day. And you're going to have to fight this battle. You're going to have to take up the cross and follow me. Christ gives you the new heart. Christ gives you the new spirit. Then it's back to the world with all its pressures, all its demands, back to that difficult marriage, back to that secular school, back to that hostile environment. Why? To honor Jesus Christ there. And so here's what Christ offers the new heart, the new spirit, the new struggle in that power to live this new life with the help of God. And Saul had none of them, and David had all of them. And here's the thing. Saul lived his life with a crown, and in the end, he lost it. And David lived his life without a crown. And in the end, he gained it. And there's absolutely no doubt in my mind which of these two I want to be. What about you, eh? You've been listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith as we hear the last part of our message, A King Provided by God. Part of our series about the life of King David. Today, hearing about the profile of a person who God uses, someone with a new heart, a new power, and a new struggle. And if you missed any of the message, or if you'd like to go back and listen again, or to any of our previous messages, you can always do that by going to our website, that's openthebible.org.uk. Also on our website is Open the Bible Daily, a series of short reflections, two to three minutes in length, with a new one appearing on the website every day. These are written by Pastor Colin Smith and read by Sue McLeish. Well, those devotionals begin each day for me, and honestly, I wouldn't be without them. Their content never fails to open up a valuable word from the Bible, which very often will meet a need either in my own circumstance or in that of someone I'm praying for. <laughs> Though the devotionals are short, there's always a message to hold on to and to take with you into the day. You can find Open the Bible Daily at openthebible.org.uk. Just go to the menu item called Resources and then click on Open the Bible Daily. At Open the Bible, we're able to keep this program on the station because our listeners support us financially. If that's something you feel able to do, we'd really appreciate a regular donation. And to say thank you, if you can set up a regular monthly donation of £5 or more, we would love to send you a copy of Nancy DeMoss Wolgamuth and Robert Wolgamuth's book You Can Trust God to Write Your Story, Embracing the Mysteries of Providence. And Colin, why should people read this book? Oh, two reasons. Uh, the first is the people who've written it. Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth is a wonderful Bible teacher. Her husband, uh, Robert, a wonderful writer. They've collaborated together. You want to read 
the writings of people who walk closely with the Lord. And Robert and Nancy are marvelous examples of that. But then the second reason would be the focus of this book. It's all about how God writes your story and how you can trust God to write your story, especially in times where you feel, you know, what is actually happening in my life and what is it that God is doing? At one point in the book, Steve, Robert and Nancy give us 10 principles that help us to see how God is at work in the story of our lives. I haven't got time to give all 10, but here's a sample. God works in unexpected, unexplainable ways to accomplish his purpose. Then here's another one. What we see now is not the whole story. Another one. We can trust God to write the story of those we love. That's a really helpful encouragement. And here's another. The challenges we face now may be a part of God writing someone else's story. That's a really helpful insight. And wrapping it up, you can trust God to write your story. God is always writing a redemptive story in the lives of each of his children. And this book wonderfully explains how it's a joy to read and it will be a blessing and a help to all who read it. For Colin Smith and Open the Bible, I'm David Pick, and I hope you'll join us again next time. Open the Bible is supported on this station by our listeners. You know that God is at work when you see good things happening around you, but what about when bad things are happening? Find out next time on Open the Bible.